Welcome to the Bogart Podcast, a uh, special edition episode. Um, this will probably be another Bogart's Friends uh, episode. And what we have today is Ahmed Dali, pro skier, um, competition winner, award winner um, with us today. I'm very excited to have him. Uh, we grew up, we, we met, what was it? Um, I think it was Day Cake. Dare, daycare camp bro. yeah <laughs> we met um it was like boy scouts or something like that right um it was like a day camp for um like basically our parents would send us off to like some random uh strangers just to take care of us for the day <laughs> um but yeah i mean uh it's uh good to have you on was it 4-h camp like one of those ones out of canada one um maybe i i'm not really sure i'm pretty sure it was like a boy scouts uh like uh day camp that uh our parents you know they had to work during the the day so they were like well you know this is only you pay dues and then they keep you for the whole you know summertime so um but i think that was what um that what we did well i don't remember that part of my life too much, but I do remember being like five years old and kicking it with you at the house. Yeah. Swimming in the pool, dude. Yeah. Jumping off of everything. And then it just took off from there. And actually just being home, I looked through all my old stuff. My mom keeps everything, right? Yeah. So I got old report cards. I got old photos. I got the old like journals and stuff. Yeah. You know? And I see some cards from you when I'm like, six years old or something like yeah. happy birthday cards and you scribbled a bunch of stuff with like there. a you bunch some of drawings some stick stick people you know stick yeah me and everything yeah yeah dude pretty epic to see that bro. yeah and yeah. so we go back we go way back go um way back. we um i grew up in um right so there was a dirt road that was like up this hill dugway and, dugway. and he lived on the bottom on 64 um and I used to, your dad made like a trail from the top of Dugway all the way down to your house. Yeah. So I used to walk down that trail to your house. And I remember this one time I was, uh, I had bought these brand new skis. They were the creme of the creme. Like, you know, I spent a lot of money on new them. Line skis or something. Yeah. They were line yeah. skis. Yeah. So I spent all my money from, I made from the summertime with my dad as a mover I remember it snowed a little bit and I was like, oh, I'll just ski down fucking the base of my ski just went like a rock went right into it. <laughs> yeah, dude. And it just, it sucked. It, I mean, it was, um, I was, I think you took the ski and was like, oh, I could fix this. And you epoxied some of the, um, you know, like yeah, the whatever holes filled it in with p-tax yeah p-tax yeah, dude i used to love doing that man. yeah and you're, you're like oh it'll be all right and then my mom was so pissed because i spent all this money and yeah. basically just like one run destroyed the skis and the p-tax we had was always black dude. yeah so it'd be like probably you had red bases yeah i'm mistaken the line skis. yeah yeah, red yeah, bases. yeah and then you got the big black strips through there right yeah the rocks yeah probably all over that thing so, I mean, it was, uh, uh, yeah, but, um, yeah, so we, we grew up skiing. Um, it was a very cool time in life. I think it was more, 
a lot of people didn't um, give a shit of what the consequences were when you, you know, did something wrong. We just, we went balls out. Like oh, we bro. went, we, we were the rebels on the mountain. Man. Oh yeah. We were causing trouble every day over there. Yep. Building the jumps, doing flips. You know, you couldn't go inverted at Bristol. No. So every time you got caught doing a backflip, they'd be coming after you trying to get your pass and you're trying to ski away as fast as you can. Mm -hmm. But it was almost like a competition between us and the ski patrol, you know, yep. where I'm going to do this. He's, he's looking that way right now, but I'm going to throw this mm -hmm. and hopefully he doesn't see me. And if he does see ya, I'm yeah, away. yeah, you, know, yeah, it was always like testing the luck and testing the boundaries of those fools. Man. Yeah. And, uh, I remember, um, so we, it was like nighttime and we went to this closed trail and we were skiing down it and, uh, you went, way in front of me because i had the mm. short little ski boards yeah and uh so i'm like putting along and then you see the security guard come out and he's like you gotta give me your pass because we were at the bottom of the mountain and uh yeah it was over just, where lower yeah galaxy is yeah you know? yep that that trail over yeah and yep. i i you got away but i ended up getting <laughs> my pass pulled um but yeah so um yeah my parents weren't really happy about that you know it was just yeah, we did a lot of that, man. Yeah. I couldn't count how many times I got my passport for skiing um, country. Out of out of bounds, you know. Yeah. Those thick trees. Now you look at those trees and I'm I'm wondering how the heck we did it, dude. We had the skinny skis, you had some ski boards on yeah. we're like crushing through powder over there, mm -hmm. the heaviest powder, you know. Mm -hmm. The heaviest snow and just getting caught up on roots and branches. But that was the shit, dude. Mm -hmm. That was what you had to do. We had that was our backcountry. Yeah, because uh, we grew up in like in the East Coast, and like there is, I mean, there there is woods, but it's overgrown, and it is a nightmare sometimes to get through some of that stuff. Um, yeah. I remember we used to do in the summertime too is the the trails that we were talking about earlier. We would pick up like sticks and stuff like that, yeah. getting ready for um, you know the winter coming up and stuff like that yeah so. we find little trails throughout the uh forest there. yeah and cleaned we would it up a little bit cleaned it up but and then, boy they were still less like just wide enough that your body fits through them mm -hmm, <laughs> yeah these trees just wide enough man. yeah i can't believe we haven't hadn't laced around a couple of those trees a bit more times you know yeah i'm sure we crashed into a fair share of them but yeah bro we were skiing some pretty tight stuff back then yeah yeah and yeah. uh Yep. Uh, so um, we also we we went elementary school, high school together. Um, did a lot of crazy shit. Um, I think we went to school more because we wanted to do crazy shit after high school or after class. Um, just like getting into trouble and stuff like that. I mean, it was we weren't really good kids. I I, I say we weren't good kids. Well. I'd say we were kids, man. We yeah. were kids back in the day who didn't have phones, didn't have all this yeah. internet stuff to or games and things like that to occupy our minds. So we were out there playing and causing trouble and yeah. being boys, you know. Yeah. Boys will be boys. And probably the youth these days is nothing like how we had it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it was full on. Your parents drop you off somewhere. You're out there all day. There's no calling them. They'll pick you up maybe sometime. Maybe they'll forget, you know. Yeah. You just go and do your thing and 
boy, yeah, we we would we would have some fun. Yeah, uh, causing a ruckus around town, around Naples, around Canandaigua, driving the cars and oh. <laughs> throwing stuff out of the cars, man. Uh, Do you uh, remember that? Yeah, all right. So uh, in uh, I think it was like either their junior or senior year, we um we got these water pistols. Oh yeah. And balloons and stuff like that. And like, I, I, I don't know if this is true, but like one of them peed inside the sucre soaker or whatever. Yeah. The, that might've been me. And <laughs> just driving around and just spraying these little kids that were probably innocent and walking home. We were just spraying them with oh, like yeah. piss water. And then and laughing our asses. Balloons. It was too funny, man. Um, water balloons. I, I'm sure those were filled with piss too. And throwing them at kids. Um, well, our senior year, mm-hmm. every day or every year when the school season ended, mm-hmm. it would be a big, you know, party like that yeah. out around Naples. Everybody's out in the cars and they're, you know, throwing water balloons at each other and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. However, yeah, we pissed in the squirt guns. Squirt guns. So everybody's, you know, it's it's the last day of school. Everybody's out in the streets. They're, spray me, spray me. We got these water pistols, water guns, yeah. all filled with piss. And we're just, all right, we'll spray you. Yeah. And I remember Tommy Austin, dude, one of the kids. He's like, I'm so hot, spray me. And, just <laughs> this, dude. and he's got his mouth open, and you see it going in his mouth. And, oh. and I probably haven't. There's been a few times where I've laughed very, very hard, and that's definitely yeah. one of them, dude. Yeah. That you cannot contain your laughter. And it's horrible, you know? It's so mean, dude. It's so mean. It's so mean, but my God, it was funny. Yeah, I mean, we were just kids back then. We didn't know what was, like, you know, good or bad. We were just like, well, well, you know, maybe there's a consequence yeah. to this or maybe not, you know? And um, it, it, it was it was good times. Um, I remember we were we were talking about this when you came back uh, to New York for a little bit. Um, the senior prank we did, or where we were planning to, so we one night ever all our senior uh classmates went on the senior trip but i didn't want to pay well, the ridiculous amount of money yeah. yeah you had to like sell stuff to get the money yeah yeah and yeah none and of us none of us neither wanted you to or do. i wanted to do that no yeah. no no oh. and so uh we decided just to drive around uh, and cause havoc and um we we got lost in rochester for a little bit and then uh we and then we went to this park and we saw a sign and we were all like, well, let's grab a bunch of signs from people's yards, like for sale signs and stuff like that. And put them in front of the Naples high school, uh, you know, um, lawn, you know, and then when everyone gets into work and kids get to school, they'll see all these signs everywhere. (laughs) So we grab a bunch of signs and we're causing havoc. Um, what was the other, (laughs) we, we uh, yeah, I and mean, we were running over garbage cans and stuff oh, like that. Just like these big green bins, we were just like, boom, just yeah. hitting them. Well, I had a big old uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee, an old '88 Jeep Grand Cherokee. You remember mm-hmm. that thing, yep. a little Woody did with the yep. Woody panel on wood the side. panels. Oh boy, that thing, that thing went through some puddles, went into some mud, and it ran over some garbage cans pretty well, dude. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we were driving through Victor, which is the rich town yep. near us. And none of us from Naples had much love for the Victor kids, right? Yep. Because they were the rich kids on the block. We were kind of the poor end of things. Mm-hmm. So we uh, just went down and must have been garbage day because every garbage can was out on the road. Mm-hmm. And we just 
plowed them maybe 30 miles an hour and hit every single one yep. <laughs> and the one got stuck underneath my jeep uh, jeep yep and you just hear against the rope yep. <laughs> and it's you know it's like eight o'clock at night yeah it's, it was night, pretty late at night. i don't know but yeah. it was dark out and it's just so loud man <laughs> we had to run out and try to get this garbage can out of there. But it was wedged in there so well mm-hmm. that it was almost impossible to get out. Yep. You know, we're on this rich people's avenue. Yep. And it's screeching and there's garbage all over the place. And boy, I did. We got it out eventually. And now it's horrible. No, yeah, you it's, know, I feel it's, bad about it. But I'm like, you know, you're a kid. And mm-hmm. dude, that's how you learn when you're a kid. You you do some troublemaker stuff. And then, you Maybe know. you get in trouble for it. Maybe you don't. Mm-hmm. But you experienced it. Yeah. Know? We took all the signs, right? And we had them ready to go for to put in the yard in uh, Naples. And we put them underneath this trailer on my road. And it was like a construction trailer. They were building something. I think it was a resort or something they were trying to build at one oh, point. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, so we, you know, we put the signs underneath the, uh, the construction trailer. The next morning, the trailer was gone. They moved the trailer, took all the signs, and that our uh, senior prank, prank was, was spoiled, ruined. Dude. It was ruined. What did we do for a senior prank? I think we we didn't end up able to do much because no, they, they were, knew we were a bad class. Like, yeah. We were one of the classes in high school that they knew we were going to do some destructive stuff because everybody was pretty crazy. You know? mm, yeah. And I remember them saying, if you guys do this senior prank, if you guys do anything you are not going to graduate. Yeah. It was something along those lines to where we're all like, dude, I just want to get the hell out of this school. Yeah. I I don't know if I'm going to touch this, but you know, we did a bunch of pranks, pranks. Yeah. Besides the senior one. Yeah. And we, we did, you know, we did a few, few good things over there. Yeah. I remember pooping in front of the high school entrance. man. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Right before. Well, I left it there that night. We went out that night. Mm-hmm. I took a big poop mm-hmm. right in front of the doorway. So that way, the next morning when the kids would come into school, there'd be a big giant turd <laughs> right on the sidewalk, man. And yeah. We just thought it was hilarious. You know? I still think it's hilarious. Like, if I would see a big human poop yeah. right in front of your school door, yeah. you would just crack up. Huh? Yeah. I would. Yeah. But I'm immature still. But 35 now- years old and still immature. But- yeah. Um, but no, I mean, now you, if they did this and like you did poop in front of the doorway at some school, there would be a camera. Oh, There's cameras right. everywhere now. Yeah. Big brothers watching. Bro. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you, you can't really, you know, I don't know. You can't really uh, get away with senior pranks anymore or any kind of prank either uh, because there's a consequence that happens afterwards that, you know, um, or, you know, it, they were more, when we went to high school, that it was more relaxed, like the punishments, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, now it would be the cops involved. Oh, yeah, for you sure. Know, you would you would be suspended from school. You're on camera, like you said. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. It was easy when we were kids, man. We right. didn't have really any cameras around, did we? I think that, like, w- I think we were in, like, seventh or eighth grade. We had, um, like, these really shitty cameras that only recorded for a half hour at a time. Yeah. And so you, you got away plenty of time. You, you, I, I don't remember how the camera system worked, but like there was a certain points of time the cameras weren't on. So that's when you 
had the chaos and stuff like that um <laughs> you did shit like you know i don't know i mean yeah. but it was like a really shitty camera system so yeah I don't it's know. still easy to get around now it's oh yeah a little bit too high tech, everything is recorded 24 7 and wow. it is uh it's no fun um but yeah and so i think uh our senior in high school we we were supposed to go to california together mm-hmm. uh i fell in love with this one girl um that i met through the internet and yeah. that's that and then yeah you, you know got the message bros before hoes, man. <laughs> yeah and so um i ended up uh staying in new york uh, and you moved out to, was it Colorado? Well, or? I ended up moving out to Utah. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I decided California wasn't going to work out. Mm-hmm. And Utah was the new mecca for skiing, you know, yeah. for free skiing. All the guys our age from the East Coast had moved out to Utah. And, uh, yeah, it was a good move, man. I mean, it was really, that was like the up and starter place to be when you're moving on to the ski scene. Everybody yeah. was there. The cameras were all there. The streets were all there. You know, mm-hmm. there was street rails everywhere and you had a bunch of mountains to mess around on. And that's, you know, the first time we really started skiing real pow, you know, mm-hmm. it was, it was epic that first year out there. Yeah. And you missed it because of that woman. Yeah. And how long did you stay with that woman? Uh, so I think we broke up either. It was like two. Th- so I was with her for like two years. Two years. Uh, yeah, I was with her oh, for for two years. Um, you know, I my so this is funny. My dad was like, he, he was talking to me when I was at my all time low, mm. and he was like, "You should." After those two years, or what? Um, or, or yeah. So, you know, after those two years, I was heavy a drinker. Uh, you know, I was uh, I was on benzoids, and you know, I was mixing both of them. What's the benzoid? Uh, like Valium, uh, uh Klonopin, like just like the, uh, it's a controlled substance that uh, you know, a doctor can give you, and it's yeah. addictive. And yeah, and those doctors are handing it out like candy. Bro. Yeah, and uh, the because they were like, well, I had anxiety, and I, you know, and my, you know, my parents took me to the psychiatrist, and they were like, well, you know, we're gonna put you on antidepressants, uh, stuff like that, and and then the benzoids is what they gave me, and I got addicted to them. Uh, so uh, I was rambling off about yeah, benzoids. Well, yeah, we're, we're, but then you get drinking on them. Oh yeah, you get drinking on them, and yeah. uh, it, it just it, it erases your memory from the time you drink all the way to the time you stop drinking. You black really? out. You yeah. don't know what the hell you're doing. So, yeah, I, I fell in a dark place after I broke up with my girlfriend because, you know, it, it was, uh, I fell in love and whatnot. And, uh, you know, now I think about it now, it's stupid. Like, yeah. you know, it, it was a high school romance yeah, that I right. had. And when you're a kid, it's like, that's everything around you. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's it, the world. That's dude. the world. You don't realize the world is bigger than this little bubble that you put yourself in. Yep, huh? yep. So I ended up going down this slippery slope. And then when my dad was talking to me one time, he was like, yeah, you should have just went out west with him. Matt. Like, you should have, like, you know, just stuck your foot in the door in the ski industry yeah. and stuff like that. But, I, you know, I was young and dumb, and I thought I was, like, had the best life ever being drunk all the time and being on benzoids and blacking out. So, I mean, it was, uh, it was not, 
not a good time in my life because when you were out west, I was dealing with shit back at home. Yeah. Dealing with, like, you know, just, uh, you know, getting in trouble with the law, everything like that. And it was not good for a while. Yeah, just dominoes falling down. Yeah, uh, it was it was not good. So, um, yeah, you went out west. Uh, what? So y- it was your s- winter of uh, 06. You, did you yep. have a sponsor by then? Uh, let's see. So, yeah, I saved all my money, and uh, we graduated 06, right? Mm-hmm. So after that, uh, I stayed the whole summertime in New York, Working. stacked as much money as I could, mm-hmm. and then moved out with Adam Ross in okay. Utah. You remember Adam Ross? Yeah, he was a he was a kid that was I think he was in my brother's grade. I'm not yep, really yeah. He lived right down the road from me. He yeah, was just right next door to me, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So I moved out with him, um, and uh, at that time I had vocal uh, ninth word skis. Ninth word, you know, yep. So I just had skis, free skis and uh, free goggles and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. but no paid contract. And then once the season started. I got with Rage Films mm-hmm. with Kyle Decker filming. Yeah. So I linked up with Kyle Decker and I linked up with Tim Russell. Yeah. Who was the glory man from Bristol. Like the man we looked up to growing up. Mm-hmm. You remember Russell? Yep. He was so, uh he was much older than us. Oh, uh, he was about four years four years older. Oh, okay. Maybe five years older. But at the time when you're twelve years old, he's seventeen maybe. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty old for us. You know? Yeah. It's like the big guy on the mountain and he was sick and you know, he had his foot in the door. He was skiing professionally. He was getting paid to do it by vocal skis. Mm-hmm. And um, so right when I got out to Utah, I started filming with him, Decker, and uh, Mike Hornbeck. Mm-hmm. And I was skiing the shittiest skis, man. Just busted up skis. Couldn't get another pair of new skis, you know. It's just skiing junk. And he ended up getting me on vocal pretty quickly. Yeah. So vocal sponsored me, and they gave me a little bit of money that year to – travel around and go film and everything. Mm-hmm. And I put together a street segment with rage films, yep. um, which was awesome, dude. You know, first year filming with like a real production company, mm-hmm. uh, traveling around. We, we actually came back to New York that year, hit some rails in Pittsburgh and Rochester yep. and everything like that. Um, bro, it was epic. We, we had some free skier, like I was getting in some free skier magazines at the time. Yeah. You know, we had some trips that we did, and got it all on camera and like um so started getting into the magazines that we were looking at when we were kids oh yeah you know? so that's where it started taking off and then level one at the end of that year had invited me out to one of the park shoots and level one was you know the, the biggest company that was a cool company that's the company we looked up to as a kid yeah we, when that we, movie came out we watched it over and over yeah and over yep again, man. Mm-hmm. yeah all those movies and all the guys in the movies have the best style, yep. the the best personalities, you know, cool people to look up to. Mm-hmm. So when I got that invite at the end of the year to do their park shoots, that was like, yeah, boom, I'm there. Let's yep. go, you know. Mm-hmm. Threw down and the next year I was able to film with them right from the beginning of the year and we went out and hit a bunch of street stuff. So that was the start of it all. Yep. And that first year in Utah was crazy, man, you know. Coming from Western New York, moving out to Utah, I got guns with me and stuff. You know, I brought these guns with me. You brought guns? Yeah, dude. Wait, so we're shooting guns everywhere, you know, because I grew up with all the guns, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we went out and freaking all the boys from East Coast, they didn't shoot any guns, you know. They yeah, were yeah, yeah. city slickers. Yeah. So, they got crazy old me, Western New York boy over there. Mm-hmm. You know, I got... 
I bought some 22s and got some pistols and stuff, and we're just going out into the mountains shooting everything. Yeah. We're just shooting up stuff. We'd go skiing and, like, bring the guns, dude, <laughs> out into oh, the backcountry no. and just shoot, you know, blow stuff up and yeah. shoot everything, man. No, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, and then um, when you were out west uh, and – well, so you were with Volk, Vocal for a while. So I got on Vocal that first year, and then that continued, yeah, up yeah, until you know two years ago. Yeah. So we're talking about 15, 15 years. Yeah, fifteen yeah. years with Vocal, 15 and fifteen years. Uh, you know, did do you think the company, uh, you know, treated you right when you were with uh, Vocal? Yeah, I mean, Vocal was um, one of the best companies to me like loyal you know mm-hmm. stuck with me the whole time you know there's times when you're a pro skier you're blowing out your knees or you're having some injuries that you can't ski for the rest of the season mm-hmm. and they always stuck around me you know so they were really good and i had a lot of love for them especially when um i started doing more stuff in europe and i actually got sponsored by the european side instead oh, okay which the european team manager is like family to me he's, yeah he's a good dude i lived with him and his fam and um you know, so once I got on the European side, they were a lot more like uh, down for the free skiing. Okay. Things, where the American side I was slipping, you know? Yeah. And at that time where it was slipping, I was thinking, I'm done with this company. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're not doing anything new with the skis. They're like hard to get these emails back from, hard to get the contract in order on time, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of a dead end. But then once I got to the European side, it was boom, spark. And, and the fire was reignited, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I feel like they, they treated me pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, up until the end, you know, but it was, uh, you know, me, I, I'm a guy who I don't like all the stuff going on in the world, right? Yeah, so yeah. when we talk about corona, I don't take the fucking vaccine. Yep. I'm not down with the the lies that were told around everything. The well, testing, the, the, you know, the... Um, the the, yeah, the, yeah. the the lockdowns that they did, you know, making kids wear a mask in school and yeah. all this garbage that we find out later, half of it's fucking absolute bullshit and worse for you. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, you know, I took a stance on that and I, I stood up for what I believe in, which is that we should not be injected with these vaccines. Yeah. We should not be forced to do this or you lose your job. We shouldn't be ridiculed for not taking this foreign guinea pig experiment into our bodies yeah and because of that i got the ultimatum from vocal Vocal. either you stop talking about this right now because it's too hot of a topic or we have to split ways split ways man so you know me i'm pretty hard-headed stubborn dude yeah and i stick by what i believe so i said you know what thank you very much for all you've done for me in the past but that's it you know, I'm not going to stop talking about this. This is, to me, this is where the world's becoming worse and worse when men yeah. don't stand up for what they believe in. Mm-hmm. You know, men are getting weaker and weaker and they don't stand by their word. So for me, it was like, this is me standing by my word. This is what I believe and nobody's going to shut me down. Nobody's yeah. going to shut me up. You can cancel me, but you can't kill me. You know? Yeah. Uh, I I almost think that's like what they... Um what you just said was that, you know, either you, you stop talking about this. I, I think like a, a company should, you know, not look at what you say, but how you do on the company. Like, mm. you know, like, um, 
let's say you're bringing in this many uh, kids buying your ski or something like that, you know, you should be rewarded for it and not giving compromises of, Oh, you got to get a vaccine now. And I think it's, I, I, I think when this whole coronavirus happened and um, you know, there was people like you said that got fired for not taking the vaccine. Yeah. I think that is complete bullshit. Oh, it is man. It is complete bullshit. I know nurses that, Spent the whole time during Corona taking care of people that were coming into the hospital Mm -hmm. before the vaccine was out, you know, for for a year and a half or whatever it Mm -hmm. was. And then when the vaccine came out, they didn't want to take it. So they got fired Mm -hmm. after they spent a year and a half taking care of everybody, not getting sick, you know, being able to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. And then because they choose they don't want to take this, Mm -hmm. they got fired. Those are the nurses. The nurses, the same nurses that on television every night, they would parade around saying, we love our, you know, our nurses and our, you know, praise the doctors. Mm-hmm. Where are you praising them now when you fire them after all Damn. this, you know? Damn. It's all propaganda bullshit. Yeah. You, you know what? It's crazy, though, because um, all these nurses that got fired from the, their jobs, because um, I worked at the hospital for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was in environmental services. I was a, basically, a, it's a fancy word for a janitor. <laughs> And um, so all these people got fired for not taking the vaccines. And then like when they finally noticed that coronavirus, you know, it's it's bad, but it's not as bad as the, the media yeah. made it. Yeah. They're trying to hire back the same people. Yeah. So all these people that took the coronavirus vaccine, you know, and they injected something that uh, is not, you know, we d- don't know the long term effects. No. So we don't know. So all these people that took the vaccine that kept their jobs, now these people that didn't te- get the vaccine hired got hired back. Yeah, some so, of them did, right? So it's but like, I met some guys, man. I met people, you know, because I lived in Indonesia now for four years. Mm-hmm. So I've met people from all over the place. In Australia, it was really bad over there, what the government was doing to the people. Yeah. And forcing them the same way, you know, uh, for any job, they had to get it. And if they didn't get it, they're going to starve. And they got kids and everything to feed. So, you mm-hmm. know, eventually, there's one guy I met who owned a surf shop okay. in Australia. And he did not want to take it. He had a very strong stance against it. Mm-hmm. However, he owns that surf shop. And they told him, if you do not take this, you have to close down your shop. That's and he's got nuts. kids to feed and everything. So he took the shop. What happened to him? Oh, he... Had a heart, heart attack. Heart attack. He he got myocarditis. He had a heart attack. Oof. He ended up in the hospital. He stayed in the hospital for two months, man. Yeah. You know, getting uh, just in horrible condition. Mm-hmm. Horrible condition after taking this freaking thing that they told you was safe and effective. Mm-hmm. It's neither safe and obviously it ain't effective. Yeah. Because we see how many people got the vaccine only mm-hmm. to later get sick again yeah you know some of them get sick immediately after taking that thing mm-hmm. other ones they, they've gotten it three fucking times dude yeah. and they've been boosted up and they got all their band-aids on and showing them off you mm-hmm. know i got the vaccine where's your vaccine yeah they're sick dude with corona again and again yeah ask me how many times i got it probably zero. Zero, dude yeah because i'm eating healthy you know i'm taking yep. care of myself yeah you know it's, and uh, I didn't take one of those damn things. And I seen how many people came to where I lived in Sambawa in Indonesia, like a mm-hmm. good surfing tourist town. Yeah. Once they opened back up and all the tourists who had the vaccine were able to come in mm-hmm. because it was, you couldn't come in unless you had the vaccine for years. Yeah. So once these first people started coming back in, we saw 
people in Sumbawa getting mm. corona for the first time again. You know, like yeah. we, we didn't have it the whole time I was there. Mm. And then these people that came in vaccinated, they were all sharing it with yeah. each other, dude. They all got corona. Yeah. You know? And that's the first time we start seeing it, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of a crazy, the whole situation was nuts. Right? Yeah. It's nuts and it's crazy how much people forget about it later on. Yeah. It's like uh, amnesia, bro. Yeah. You know? No, I remember, okay, so when this whole coronavirus happened and it started and like, um, uh, they had these like uh, commercials or not commercials, but shows, it would be like all these frontline workers and celebrities like saying, oh, you know, you know, we're standing together, you know, you know, get vaccinated, stay home yeah. and stuff like that. And it scared the living piss out of me. I remember and this was when I was drinking heavily, too. So I, I was watching these programs crying, thinking I'm going to die, you know, yeah. and so yeah. you, it's almost like these uh, TV stations and stuff like that it was like propaganda to go get vaccinated, stay home and stuff like like that so uh, you know what they did man yeah i i saw you know they you know it was the way that they handed out vaccines was crazy so um same way they hand out opiates and benzoid and all that shit right yeah yeah so they basically it was um uh you had to set up an appointment to get vaccinated right Mm -hmm. but it was like a drive-through drive through vaccines Stick like literally basically what they did was um i y- y- the person that was getting the shot had to sit in the back seat of the car and they would drive up and then the nurse ejected you you drive away like it was almost like cattle it like, is cattle dude it is it, almost like um, like literally when i got there there was a ton of people in cars yep. like it was just it reminded me of cattle just, yeah, bro. you know, to get into one spot, eject you, you go on your way. Yeah. You wait two weeks and you go back again, you get another ejection. Yeah. And it, it was almost like cattle. It is, dude. It's a, here's your bovine shot, man. Here's yeah. your bovine shot. Line up, sheep. We're going to, yeah. we're going to get you all right now. We're going to inject you up and go on your way. And, uh, you're going to be a study case in the future. You know, yeah. like we're going <laughs> to, you know, we're going to, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. That stuff. So you know, people lined up and they took it and, um, and, and, you know, I don't blame them for taking it. You know, you took it, right? Yeah. I, so, I yeah. You know, I got nothing against anybody who took it at all, mm-hmm. but, uh, the way that the propaganda machine mm-hmm. had caused the fear and anxiety into people mm-hmm. to make them take it. Like you said, when you were watching the media, mm-hmm. you're almost crying. Like I'm yeah. going to die, dude. I mm-hmm. need to get this fucking shot. You know? Yeah. Because they had induced so much fear and anxiety into the mass population of people. And when you do that, you're easily controllable. You're yeah. very easily controllable. You say, okay, I surrender. Mm-hmm. You help me. Yeah. I don't know what to do because everything you watch on television is telling you, Death is around the corner. Yeah. So they've just, it's, it's mass psychosis. Yeah. And they did it geniusly and they know what they're doing. It's, mm. it's not, uh, it's not like they, it just happened. Yeah. You know, this was planned out and they did every step they needed to do in order to make everybody take it, you know, mm. in order to scare everybody into it, in order to put people into like a hypnotic type of state yeah. where they're willing to do anything. And they're also willing to grab the torch and hold that torch against anybody who does not comply. Yeah. You know how many people, how many friends, ex-friends that I had who held the torch against me who said, you know, you're fucking crazy. You know, I hope you 
get sick. I hope, you know, yeah. all this stuff, you know, you should shut the fuck up. All this. Yeah. I had so many people say some very mean, like meanful condescending, things. Condescending, yeah. mean, just crazy stuff, man. But they've been put in such a hypnotic state mm-hmm. that now they're the warriors for the matrix. You yeah. Know? They're the warriors for big pharmaceuticals where just years prior to this Corona thing, we realized how evil big pharma is yeah. with the way they had spread the opioid pandemic all through the East Coast, through the poor towns all yep. around the U.S. Yep. They had drugged people up and they did it because they got a lot of money off of doing it. Yeah. So before Corona happened, we knew that big pharma was evil. Yeah. We knew that big pharma doesn't care about people's lives. Mm-hmm. But the propaganda machine was so strong that they can turn these same people that used to know that into the next you know, crown wearers of this yeah. whole thing, you know, yeah. who would take it upon their shoulders to demonize anybody who's not following what they're following mm. out of their state of fear. Yeah. You, you know? Yeah. So with the whole pharmaceutical thing, this is what I think. Um, you know, I, I take pharmaceuticals for my depression. Uh, I take, um, I take like an antidepressant, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I think it does wonders, mm-hmm. you know, some people they are like, oh, no, pharmaceutical, they just want to get you into a, you know, a habit. And then, you know, you feed the habit, you give money to these pharmaceutical companies. I believe they there is sometimes good medicine, but there's also bad medicine, like, uh, like you said, opioids, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just drugs that you, you really are in that much pain or you need to take an opiate. Like there's over the counter, um, you know ibuprofen and stuff like that i mean it's it just i think there's good drugs out there and there's bad drugs like drugs for like cancer um you know i think are good drugs you know some some, some can have some. effects yeah i hear you but i i i'm under the belief that eating well and having a healthy lifestyle and mm-hmm. going out and and finding your purpose in life can have a lot of effects difference into things you know mm-hmm. when we talk about antidepressants maybe they're helping you and i hope so yeah you know, i hope it's good for you but everybody's built differently and everybody yeah. has a different reaction with their brain to yeah. it and their bodies and their hormones to it so you have a lot of depressants that you go on to and you know in the fine print it says this may cause suicidal thoughts yeah and if it's going to cause suicidal thoughts it's also going to cause homicidal thoughts yeah is it not mm. you know if you're thinking I want to kill myself. You also very easily may think, fuck this world. I'm going to kill somebody else. And then when we look at the mass murders that go on in the U S we have a huge rate of mass murders, right? You know, people shooting up schools, people shooting up the streets, people doing, you know, these, uh, mass shootings. Right. Yeah. And what they neglect to tell you is 90% of these people are on some kind of psychotropic drug. They're on like some uh, kind of antidepressant or okay. higher, you know, or even more serious uh, brain yeah. drug, you know? Yeah. So that's 90% of them are yeah. actually on this. And that's what you don't hear about the mass shootings. You know, they'll blame it all on guns and guns being around. Yeah. But they neglect to tell you that these people have been doped up for a long fucking time, man. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I agree with that almost 100%. Well, you can be- look up the statistics. Well, yeah, I mean, there's yeah. probably statistics, yeah. and I'm probably wrong. But, yeah. I mean, um, but no, I mean, like, I think with that being said, like, um, antidepressants, right, they, they like you said, they have warnings may cause suicidal thoughts. Well, you take the medication, and it changes your mindset. 
Yeah. And then you once you take the medication for, I think it's like 30 days, you'll start feeling normal again because it it's almost like a trial period. It's like your body, like you said, you don't know if this is going to, you know, make you feel a certain way. So it, it's it. a lot of people that take antidepressants don't stay on antidepressants. They'll take it for like three days, say, hey, this ain't working for me. Yeah. But it doesn't work like that. You have to take antidepressants for at least 30 days. The 30 days, and then your brain kind of, you know, oh, okay, so this isn't something new. I got to yeah. adjust to it. So, I mean, I don't know. It, but do you think there's something wrong with our society maybe that has caused so many people to have to go to these antidepressants? Because if we look at the amount of people in the U.S. that are put onto the antidepressants, mm -hmm. it is phenomenally larger yeah. than any other country. Because so it, in my belief... We're put into, you know, when I come back to, this is the first time I've been back in five years to New mm -hmm. York, and I see how difficult it is to buy a bag of groceries. Yep. You know, I see how much, if I turn on, you know, my parents watching the TV all the time, and I watch the advertisement, it's depressing. Yeah. It's all drugs, it's all lawsuits, it's all, um, oh yeah. you know, oh, the country's in a bad place, nobody has any money, here's how we're going to save you money. So everything's like drawn to push you down into uh, yeah, like a, a pit, yeah. you know, a pit of depression where you feel like you can't rise up. You can't pay for your house mortgage because the, the mortgage is going up so much, mm -hmm. you know, so you feel like you can't even own a house. You can't start a family. You can't do all these things that we're naturally built to be able to do, Yeah, you know? Yep. So we're, we're, we're put into the society that we lose our faith in our own futures, mm -hmm. which is to me, the stem of a lot of this, uh, yeah depressing type of feeling that kind of captivates you is this anxiety about the future. Mm. Where's the future going to go? What can I do? I have no control over anything. So we've, in, in my belief, we've created a society that is a virus. And a lot of people are infected with that virus mm. um, of negativity. And it has caused this epidemic of need and depressants. And it's nobody's fault. It's, it's, the system's fucking fault. Yeah. You know, because if you go to Indonesia, there's, there's, nobody's taking it. Yeah. Nobody's on it and nobody's killing themselves at these extreme rates, you know? Yeah, yeah. If we go to my island in Indonesia, you never hear of a suicide. And I'll tell you what they have. They have a strong family, mm -hmm. strong, strong family values. They have God in their life. Mm -hmm. So they have, you know, this belief in a higher power and a bigger purpose mm -hmm. to their lives, which mm -hmm. I think helps tremendously. Um, they eat healthy mm -hmm. and they're out all day in the sun. Yeah. You know, they're playing all day from the time they're kids, dude, they're yeah. out in the sun and they're doing things and they're productive and they don't have a lot of money, Yeah, yeah. but they can buy houses, they can have families and they can take care of themselves. Yeah. Hey guys, uh, if you want to support the podcast, you can always get a shirt, um, the Bogart podcast shirt. Uh, just email me at the Bogart podcast at gmail.com. And I will send you out a shirt. Um, I think they're only, I think, $25 for a shirt. Um, but yeah, so if you want to help me out in the podcast, just uh, get a shirt. Email me, thebogartpodcast at gmail.com. All right, back to the interview. And you know what? You know, I agree with you that, like, the value or like the way America is right now, like, it's just, it, it's all propaganda. It's all yeah. like you watch the news and it's just all facts that are not a hundred percent. It's all, it, it's just, it's all propaganda. 
It's all it, propaganda. It's all propaganda. And, uh, but, um, yeah, so. I'll now, tell you where that propaganda came from real quick. I'll yeah. just go off on this little rant. The propaganda starts, well, there was, there was a purveyor of propaganda. The guy who made it was actually from the States, I believe, to include it into advertisements. But Germany was very good at propaganda. Mm -hmm. During World War II, Hitler was the master of propaganda. He yeah. had it absolutely sorted out to a T. He knew how to captivate people's minds and to do it very easily. Yeah, yeah. Know, very simple messages. After World War II, we took all those Nazis over into the U.S. Yeah. Project Paperclip, where we took thousands of Nazis, scientists, yeah. doctors, soldiers, high up in the military ranking. Yeah. And we brought them over here, and they got put in charge of the CIA. They got put in charge of NASA. They got put in charge of huge governmental positional powers into no, <laughs> they did. You look it up, brother. Right. I'm not, look, I'm not, no, no, I'm not I saying mean, anything that ain't untrue. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. You look up Project Paperclip. Anybody watching this right now? Yeah, they look that up. Project yeah. Paperclip. It's a real thing. It's documented, and that's what they did. And they were able to include the propaganda that they already had. Yeah, and the you know they were able to take the research that they had already done in the pharmaceutical realms in the uh, in the um, you know, military realms, mm -hmm. you know, the military uh, industrial complex, they were yeah. able to push it over here. So they were factually well, Nazis taken over and brought to America, and they had been put into those positions where they had a lot of control over the future. Mm -hmm. Now, what, what, well, now, this is what I think about it, though. You know, they, these war criminals that were over, you know, the Nazis that, you know, you said that they brought, brought over to, represent something or do something why would they why would you think they would take war criminals like someone that we were against in world war ii and make them into authority bro a lot of reasons yeah 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 i just first I, of all i they they're they, they don't see them as war criminals okay okay first of all they took a small amount of their war criminals of the nazis and they put them up on trial the okay. trial was meant for all of us to see that to see justice being served yep. in our eyes. However, they had such an advancement in different technologies and different realms, mm. especially in psychological operations. Yeah. In knowing the minds of people because they were able to study the minds of people, especially in the concentration camps and stuff like this. Yeah. You know? So they're able to dive in much deeper than we're able to do because we did not hold these. Well, America did hold a lot of unethical practices on you know, mentally retarded people and stuff like this, gay people, everything. Mm -hmm. But the Nazis were able to do it to everybody, you know, to yeah. loads of people. And they were able to bring... So what they were able to find, what they were able to discover with that is highly valuable information, mm -hmm. whether it's weaponry, psychology, uh, pharmaceutical druggery, mm -hmm. or... Um, you know, all the different realms. So you would not want those people to die with that knowledge. You would want to use that knowledge in order to, for your country yeah, yeah, to yeah. expand their ability to control over a population. Right. Like, let me tell you, in, in the camps, in the camps, they use fluoride in the water. Okay. Okay. So in the Jewish camps, they would use fluoride in the water because it would make people more um, obedient. It, okay. It, it uh, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Give them high amounts of that, and then what do you see in our water? You know, right Flor after World War yeah. II, they start to fluoridate all the water. Yeah, it makes you more lethargic. Okay, is a good word for it. So more tired out, more obedient to different things. 
Uh, you know, I mean, like, isn't fluoride, don't they put it in like water? Um, because it's like the, um, uh, that's what they want you to believe for your teeth, for your teeth. No, like horrible it, for your teeth. Oh, okay. Horrible for your teeth, but they needed a way to dump the byproduct of aluminum because you get, you get fluoride off the production of aluminum. Mm-hmm. So now you're taking the waste from producing aluminum and it's cheaper to be able to dump it into the water of the population than to be able to expose of it properly, properly because yeah. it is toxic. Yeah. It is toxic. Hmm. So instead of these companies having to pay tons of money to be able to expose of that toxic material, mm-hmm. they're actually able to lobby the government into allowing them to dump it into the water, claiming that it's good for your teeth, mm-hmm. which they had a couple dentists that they hired in to say, Oh yeah, these are great for yeah. the teeth, you know, especially in young kids. Yeah. Um, and then they can make money off of it. So instead yeah. of paying money to expose of the byproduct, yeah. they actually make money from the government selling it to the government and dumping it into your water. Yeah. And let me, let me just, the toothpaste, Yeah. go around the toothpaste shop, look at any toothpaste that has fluoride in it. Okay. What does it say underneath? It says warnings. Yeah. Warning, right? Yep. If you swallow more than a pea-sized amount of this toothpaste, call the poison center immediately. Yeah. That's what it says on your fucking toothpaste. Grab one that doesn't have fluoride in it. Yeah. Grab one that doesn't have fluoride, and it will not say that on there. Really? So it, I, 100%. Now, Keith, I don't know. I I, I, I brush my teeth, but I, you know, I don't really give a shit what it's in it. You know, it's in the mouth for like a, you know. Uh, it's absorbing. Yeah, it's absorbing, but probably not to a point where, you know, like, I how even think. How many times think, you brush I, your teeth every day? Well, yeah, I mean, I brush them twice a day. But and how many days you live in a year? Well, how many days you live in a year? 365. Uh-huh. So, so now you're talking 830. Yeah, good point. Good <laughs> point. That this is in your mouth. Yeah. And your tongue is a huge absorber of everything. That's why if you if you have like a... Uh, a supplement, like a powder supplement that's good for you, let's say magnesium, mm-hmm. you take it on your tongue and you let it absorb through your tongue. Yeah. And they actually say hydrating yourself with water, it's best to allow the water to be in your mouth and yeah. on your tongue because you absorb it through your tongue. Now you're brushing your teeth with fluoride, fluoride. a toxic material, and it's going into your bloodstream. Yeah. So you don't think, oh, yeah, I spit it out, you know, I spit the toothpaste out, but you are absorbing a lot of that toxic material into your body. But you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't put arsenic in your mouth and then no, spit it out, would you? No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Well now what what do you think about like the um with the Food and Drug Administration um sure. to to put the fluoride into toothpaste and stuff like that. So you you think that's just what do you think Food about the Food and Drug Administration for, is paid sixty percent of their budget from the companies they're supposed to be monitoring. Okay, so like so they're paid off to allow products to be on the market. The food and bro, in this world, everything's upside down. You know, mm-hmm. judges destroy justice. Yep. Education destroys knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so schools fucking what do schools teach you, dude? Uh, I mean, they, I, I see. This is my thing about school. I think school should have. Um, we we learn the past, so we don't repeat. You know, so we learn history. Well, we didn't so learn we, that very well, though, did no, we? No, we didn't. But, I mean, that's, I think, what schools, um, they want you to learn is stuff that happened in the past. So you don't repeat it. So, I mean, I think 
but I think schools should be more educated in real world stuff Absolutely. like like survival yeah. and like you know um we i don't know if you were in my real world math class where we learned like paying bills and no no i wasn't no but that's a good that's... i mean it's a good skill to have i've learned a lot in that class but like you have these kids now that can't work an eight hour day because they're they they think it's not right and you know yeah. and they blame other people because yeah. of the you know I, I don't know how to explain I don't know it. what's going on right now in in those kids man yeah, yeah, they, it's it's all it. because like we said earlier they they're looking at a tablet looking at these influencers and being like hey I can do that yeah. And it's it just, it's fucked up kids' minds. And they're like, oh, well, you know, money will come in my lap. I don't have to work for yeah. it. Yeah. And it, it's horseshit. I, I think that, you know, my dad taught me in the early ages, worth that, worth that thing. Mm-hmm. He brought me into, uh, he used to do um, Mayflower moving. Basically, yeah, I just, that. Yep. Yeah, he had the big old truck. Big, he was a, a truck driver, yeah. and he would uh, move like these rich executives from, uh, you know, Kodak and stuff like that. But he taught me at an early age. He was like, hey, you know, if you want to have money, you have to work for it. Yeah. No one's going to give it to you. And so I learned at a very young age uh, work ethic, you know, and I've, I've – <sighs> I've had jobs where I've hated it and stuff like that, but you know, I, you, you have to do, and you do it. You have to do it to survive. Yeah. It, nothing gets handed to you anymore. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you had, some people do get uh shit handed to them. Like, uh, you know, um, what is the, uh, like, uh, welfare and stuff like that. Yeah. Welfare. Yeah. I, I don't agree with some of it. I don't, but, uh, it's it's to a point where it's like people on welfare are eating better than people that yeah. are working, and it's yep. horseshit. Yep, I think that's and those people who are working are paying for those people to eat better than them. Mm-hmm. It is horseshit. It it, it is horseshit. I yep. mean, um, I live horseshit. I live in a trailer park. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I don't know what all these people in the trailer park do, but I imagine some of them do have some kind of you know, um, income where it's by the government, not by, and you know, and it pisses me off that the, my neighbor can drink all day yeah. and get paid to drink all day while I have to bust my ass at work yeah. and to make, uh, you know, a decent living. It pisses me off. Well, it should be illegal. First of all, yeah. you know, the taxes that were taxed to create a welfare state, mm are supposed to be illegal according to the constitution. You know, yeah. that's our private property. Yeah. The money that we make by putting ourselves out for work, mm-hmm. that's supposed to be our money. Yeah. So when we create a welfare state, the purpose of it is government can take more control over the people. If yeah. you have to abide by the government in order to get paid, mm-hmm. you're going to be a puppet of the government. You yeah. know, you're going to fall right in line with everything that government wants to do. And it's communism. Yeah. I mean, communism is straight up a government that provides over the people like you have to work for that government to, for it to give you the money, you know? Mm-hmm. So what they're creating is a, is, is a, a new type of communism over the U S and yeah. they're destroying this work for your money, you know? Mm-hmm. So of course these people aren't going to work if they're going to get a fucking paycheck yeah. by the government yeah. and they're stealing our money for it, you know, yeah, I'm not it, for the welfare state whatsoever. Yeah. I think it is a atrocity. I think it's a, 
absolute thievery yeah. of hardworking people. Yeah. You know, yeah, I it, get when people have a hard time, you know, like, yeah. they, you know, they get fired from some jobs and they need a little bit of assistance, assistance to get yeah. to the next job. Yeah. But that's not how it's being used. Yeah. Now, no, no, you know? no, no, it's not. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I've had, um, you know, I mean, I, I think disability is a whole different game. Disability when, certainly is. Yeah. yeah um, you know, people that can't work, like, let's say someone with one leg um but you know some people with one legs do work so yeah. but i mean i'm i'm the disabilities where you can't work like if you're in pain 24 yeah. 7 that's understandable Absolutely. but if you're looking if you're claiming disability because you have some kind of i don't know just like some horse shit excuse to not work yeah i think that's should be uh Criminalized. It should be. It should be. And I want to jump back to the school real quick. Yeah. Because here's a quote from Rockefeller. He said, with the school system, I want, I, what's he say? I do not want a country of creative thinkers. I want a country of workers. Yep. So he's one of the biggest assets of the, one of the biggest pushers of the uh, public school system. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's how he views it. So create a factory of workers, you know, yep. people that are like, they don't know anything else. They're not creative in their own ways. They're not coming up with their own businesses, mm. but more so they're looking to um, just work the factories and yep. be drones for the system, you know? Yeah. So our school system teaches you just enough in mm. order for you to enter into the work world and never exceed a certain level. Uh, you know, and I, when you say that though, you know, I, I, agree with you but at the same time you know i i learned a lot of dumb stuff in high school that like we don't use today That's like right. yeah it i like i said before the the real world stuff we sh- they should lean more onto well, like they should surviving. be pushing our creativity you know yeah like, yep. pushing us to become entrepreneurs like, yeah uh, you know america was so successful at one point because we were inventing everything yeah, we were creative. We were coming up with new companies, and w- when you come up with your own company, you weren't getting taxed to hell, you know. Yeah, because right now you get taxed to hell, so it's preventing any entrepreneurship from actually developing. Yeah. Whereas before, entrepreneurship was pushed; it was like uh, praised, you know, for yeah. you to be an entrepreneur. Now they smash you down, dude, and they put their Amazon up. You know, you yeah. can't own a shop in Canandaigua anymore. Mm-hmm. No. Everybody buys everything from, from Walmart. Am- they yeah. buy everything from Amazon. Mm-hmm. And that's, and going back to Corona, mm-hmm. what, what shops were open? Your mom and pop shop wasn't open, right? Yep. You well, had to go to Walmart. Yep. So they crushed any entrepreneurship oh, yeah. that was around. And that's the point of this whole system. Yeah. You know, is to keep you from, pursuing your own future mm-hmm. keep you in their future only and that that's where i'm like stoked on you like you've done so many you've always had a mind that has come up with different things to do you yeah know? like when we were kids you're making hats you know you yep. want to sell some hats we were making hats well you know I, when like i was that. a kid i always thought i could make like a million dollars off of some stupid idea that yeah, i but had why can't you right yeah you know, true you could you could and if you if you don't let go of that kid notion mm-hmm you know, that you can make this million in dollars, you probably would, you know, if you didn't get defeated by the outside system telling you, no, you can't, this is stupid. That's a stupid idea. If you would have just kept on pursuing that idea, you know, next idea, next idea, and you put that idea into reality, Mm -hmm. fucking that's how you make a million dollars. Yeah, that is true. You know, and so my goal with podcasting and all that was um, to do it full time. 
Mm-hmm. Like do it like I would do like maybe a Tuesday through Friday uh, every day, make an episode. That's my goal mm-hmm. to do. But, you know, with the reality of like these other podcasts out there, like, you know, like the big wigs, like Joe Rogan, uh, you know, the one that you were talking about yeah, before yeah, the yeah. episode, um, all these, you know, they crush little guys like us yeah. because, but, you know, and I, I think it has to do with the content too that you have. Like if you have some bullshit content, no one's going to listen to it. Yeah. So you have to think outside the box. And that's what I was always good at was thinking outside the box and like, you know, and just talking about my past, you know, because we lived like a crazy past and a lot of people want to hear that shit. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that's one of the reasons why I got into podcasting. Um, It's, you know, and I've always had a, um, a, I, I always wanted to be in radio. Um, ever since, uh, I, well, I went to college for like a semester and a half and I said, (laughs) fuck this shit. Um, but you know, I, I discovered podcasting and I I fell in love with it and that's, that is, I want to do this full time, Mm -hmm. but the harsh reality of America is, is that they want to put you in debt where you have to work to pay for debt and constantly, uh, your free time is working. Yeah. So that's what with me right now is that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in a little debt and I have to work to get myself out of debt. I think that these credit card companies are making you, um, so easy to get one. Oh yeah. So they're like, Oh, we'll give you $7,000 to spend. Yeah. And Uh, so it's just like, it's like a kid in a candy store. Like they, he's like, oh, you can get as much candy as you want and just pay two pieces of Tootsie Rolls a year. And they put you in fucking debt. Oh. And it's the America, the average America pe- or person is in so much debt that they had to work until they're like 70, 75. Yeah. yeah. And it's horseshit. Yeah. Well, you go into the Walmart and you see how many old people are checking out at the counters there. It's depressing. Dude. Yeah, it is. It's depressing that these old people that, you know, they're supposed to have this social security, the big lie of social security, where they take out money out of every single one of your paychecks, telling you when you get old, here's your retirement money. Yeah. You know, meanwhile, you go into a store, who's working the lines, you know? Mm-hmm. It's these people that are 70, 80, you yeah. know? Because and then I look at my parents too, you know, mm-hmm. like they work their whole lives. My father's still working the bees, you know, he mm-hmm. does the bees, he loves doing it. This is what keeps him alive, you know, working is. You know my dad. He's a worker. Yeah, he's a worker. He just goes and goes and goes, dude. He needs something to do, and that's what keeps him going. But these guys, my dad's 75, mm-hmm. you know, and um, now he still has to work, and the money he makes has to go to paying the property taxes yep. and the house taxes, you know, the mm-hmm. house property taxes. Yeah. It's like... They're, they're in their 70s and they still have to pay these taxes on a house that they've owned for fucking 40 years. Yeah. 40 years yeah, they've it's... owned this house straight up and they still got to pay the state. Oh, yeah. So where's the private property there? So what I'm saying is, man, even you work your whole life, you're paid up on everything, you're not in debt, but they still keep you just lingering on. You yeah. Know? Just barely hanging on and having to pay any kind of money that you have back into the government. You yeah. Know? And then I even thought the other day just uh, about, you know, because my mom's got this sicknesses, like yep. the cancer stuff. And you you see them, uh, you see how many older people when they're getting at this older age, 
have some kind of sickness disease you know like cancers and all this stuff and a lot of the cancers and all this is coming from the toxic shit chemicals that are around everywhere that are in our waters that are in our food you know all this shit is false right all this shit is fake and it's fucking put in there and these people get so sick that the end of their lives they're paying all the rest of their money that they've accumulated their whole lives Mm -hmm. they're paying it right to the pharmaceutical industry yeah so it's ending you know it's like the last you know that money that would go to your kids you know Mm -hmm. your 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 what do they call it your will yeah. You know, the money that you would pass on, the generational money that you would give to your kids to hopefully have a good life too, mm-hmm. is all stolen again by the system, you know? Mm-hmm. By these pharmaceutical companies have gotten people so sick that they have to trade in all that last little scrap of money they have at the end of their life yep. back into them. Yeah, and it seems like uh, uh, like America, I've I read this article about how like America has the highest rating of cancer out of yeah. every, and it, it's so true. Like when you put in like a shitload of chemicals just to make your bagel uh, last yeah. like a week longer, yeah. like it, it is so crazy. Um, yeah. And you know, it's, it, but it's so much cheaper just let let's say to eat healthier right now yeah like a salad at uh let's say you go to walmart and you get a salad it's like 10 bucks but like you can get a frozen burrito for a dollar something that has that has like a a ridiculous amount of preservatives and stuff like that it's just it is more expensive to eat healthier in america right now Mm -hmm. i mean uh so let me ask you do you think that's done on purpose or do you think that's just uh a byproduct. I, I think it is these companies think, hey, you know, it, we can make some money off this. So let's jack up the price to eat healthier. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that shit is right. Yeah, I don't I, think it's right I, at all. I, I don't think. I, I think it's done on purpose because I do believe they're trying to restrict population. They're trying to kill off a huge amount of population because that's what all of them tell us. Mm-hmm. You know, all the people at the very top, the elitists, are all depopulationists. Yeah, they all are eugenics, all into eugenics. People like Bill Gates is a huge eugenicist, and his father was a huge eugenicist. Mm-hmm. And they come up with Planned Parenthood and all that stuff as well to be able to erase a lot of population as well. Yeah, but they they have, to my understanding, through books that I've read and stuff that I've researched, is there's an actual um, agreement from these elite down mm-hmm. into certain countries that you have to be able to control over how big your population is getting. If your population starts to get too big yeah, and you're not addressing it right through yeah. birth control, through, uh, you know, you can call birth control or killing them in food or whatever, yeah. then we will cause a civil war over there. Yeah. And this has happened to places like El Salvador when their population got too large other outside countries destabilize the country so it would create a civil war and kill off a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So these people at the top who have unlimited amounts of money and a lot of power, they make sure that the rest of the world fits their population quota. Mm-hmm. So there's ways to do this, food, mm-hmm. by causing this food and the cancer. You keep people holding on just long enough to take all their money back in, mm-hmm. absorb all their money. Mm-hmm. You do it through war. Mm-hmm. You know, look at all the war we have going on in the Middle East. We're killing everybody over there. We've mm-hmm. been killing people over there for, you know, since we've been in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been bombing over there. All over the world, they're starting these wars for no reason, right? Mm-hmm. Disease. 
is a huge one. Corona was a big one. We we see Corona come out of the fucking laboratory in Wuhan. Mm-hmm. You know, it was dropped out of there where you got scientists making this fucking sickness, making yeah. this sickness because they claim that they have to make it in order to come up with a cure for it. Yeah. So that's why we do it in these laboratories. We make these fake fucking viruses. So if it does ever come out, yeah. we know how to cure it. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. They do it so they can drop it on a population of people and wipe them out yeah. as much as they need to. Yeah. You know, I, I heard just recently that they've created, they've taken that coronavirus and they've, uh, in China, and they yep. mixed it up, and they've given it to rats, and, and it's killed every and, single one. Yep, it's it, it's so stupid because you would think that you know with this coronavirus that we why would you fool around with it even more? Yeah, like why? Like what is the point of making a crazier uh, strand of coronavirus where it killed ninety nine percent of the rats? Yeah. It, like it's so dumb. Like, uh, it, and I understand the whole population thing. You know, I, you know. I don't know. I mean, I think that it's just a virus that basically puts fear into people. And then that fear is profit. Yep. So fear is profit and beyond profit because profit is only so much power is what the real objective is. Objective. It's all power, man. Yeah. Because look, how many times have you looked at how much money these people have made and you said, what do you need all this money for? You already yeah. got this, this, this. They don't need all that money. Mm-hmm. But what comes with the money is the power over countries. Yeah. You know, if you have that amount of money, you have power over the people, you have power over the countries. And that's what they're trying to get. These are power hungry fucking psychopaths Yeah. at the top. And fucking psychopaths want to control over another person. You know, yeah. like say you meet somebody who wants to control everything about you. You were dating a chick. Let's say Mm -hmm. the chick was fucking nuts, dude. Mm -hmm. And she controlled everything about you. She gets a kick out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, she loves having that control over you. Yeah. And you would probably consider her a psychopath. Mm -hmm. Now we talk to people at the very top that were able to scratch and nail their way to the top through families and generations and generations Mm -hmm. staying at the top. These are the queens and the kings and the princes and the nobles that had existed during the feudal systems. Mm -hmm. Those are the same people that are still at the top. If you look at their bloodlines, it's all the same bloodlines. Mm -hmm. You know, these George Bushes, whatever, Bill Gates, they all come from the same bloodlines. So they've been able to keep their psychopathic asses on top and dominate that power and control over the world, you know? And that's what they're looking to do. And when we talk about these viruses that they're, they're making this, why, why are they making it? Mm. Like you said, why are they making it? Why? Like, what is the point of the coronavirus? Like you you gotta think of these, like uh, a bunch of lab dorks are in there and they're just like, they're like, Oh, well, you know, this coronavirus, you know, it might be good. And it's yeah. like, no, it wasn't good, you dummy. Like, you, you just killed, wiped out millions of people. But, yeah, it's just, I don't know why they're messing around with a strand of coronavirus that has a 99% kill uh, rate. Psychopaths, my friend. Yeah. But, um, it's just, it's, it's, it's a psychopathic world up at the top, man. And they say, you know, in, if you were to look at the CEOs, Mm-hmm. People who are in CEO positions in the world, there's a, I think it's like 90 something percent of them are legitimately psychopaths if you were oh, yeah. able to evaluate them, you know? Yeah. So yeah. the world's run by them. Yeah. Psychopaths, pedophiles, fucking yeah. Satanists. It's all there, dude. Yeah. So, um, 
now you live in Indonesia. Now I live in Indonesia for that reason. Yeah. Um, for that reason. So Indonesia, how did you end up there? Like what made you think, hey, I'm going to go to Indonesia uh, and live there? Again, Corona, dude. Yeah, it's all Corona. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I went, to, I went to Indonesia in 2018 maybe. Yeah. 2017 or 18. Mm-hmm. And it was nice, man. Beautiful. the The life is simple. Yeah, you know, surfing's good. You're out in the sun. It's it's sick, man. It's, it's just a sick, awesome place to be, and you feel free. Yeah, you feel unrestricted. Yeah, you feel like there's not. You know, when I live over here, I got three times where cops have held guns to my head over here. Oh, really? Like, yeah, man. Three what? times, dude. Three separate times. What the last time was very serious, and. You know, after that kind of stuff happens to you, you're looking over your shoulder all the time. Oh, you know, I would too, you see yeah. a police, dude, you, you start sweating, you know, and you start looking this way, that way. If you're driving a car and he's behind you, you're freaking out. I mean, you're mm. freaking out anyway, whether you have guns at your head or not, because yeah. the cops are always trying to get you for something. Yeah. So I felt like living in the States, I was just on this constant, constant, like, watch, you know, like mm-hmm. watching my back everywhere. And I felt so, like, contained, you yeah, know, yeah, so yeah. scared for... The one time that it happens that they fucking shoot and kill me or something. Yeah, yeah, yep. Or they arrest me for something stupid, you know, and hold you in jail for something stupid. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I've been living in Austria in the winter times. Mm -hmm. And I was out in Austria skiing in Mm -hmm. 2019. Um, And then Corona hit. Yeah. And because I think the way I do, you know, I look into all the conspiracies, which are just facts that are later to be facts, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I, I knew that they were going to cause a disease. Yeah. I, I knew it. I knew how they would do it. I knew there would be um, lockdowns. There would be all this craziness that we saw. The, yeah. The forced vaccination. Already knew it before because people that are smarter than me and looked into things before me yeah. also said it. You know, And then yeah. you put it all together and you connect the dots. That's what's going to happen. So when I was in Austria, I um, they closed down all the ski resorts. And I said, okay, this is, this this is, is serious. finally happening. Yeah, this is, this re- is what I've been looking at yeah so um i actually got a ticket back to the states and then i'm watching the news and everything and the states just looks like a shit show you know yeah yeah the borders are um people crossing over going through the security at the airlines at the airports it's just full dude it's like hours and hours of wait with this stuff going on and we didn't know how bad it was at the time no you know yeah so you're wondering man what did they unleash on the people like i don't want to be around a fucking four-hour line over there and i know the u.s is going to go crazy yep i know it's just going to be insane over there so i said where do i go next i thought about going to africa yeah to to, i think ghana i was looking at because there's some surf in ghana yeah so i was thinking man go to africa it'll be a couple months you know i'll just chill out a couple months and yeah. surf and everything or i go to indonesia which i already know and i just decided you know all right cancel my plane ticket to the u.s mm-hmm. i'm going to uh indonesia. indonesia and it was kind of crazy when when i did it because germany was the hot spot in the beginning yeah you remember that germany italy they were yeah they were they were shutting down like everything just prepare for the yeah. coronavirus. Yeah. So Germany, when I I had to go to Germany uh, to fly out. Yep. To Munich to fly out, and uh, my flight was in a couple days. I got done skiing one day with Tom mm-hmm. before they closed the uh, ski resorts, and his girlfriend tells me, "Hey, man, they're closing the borders tonight. Oh shit! You have to get to the airport now. You know." So I packed all my stuff up, 
I took a train and it was crazy train, dude. There's like hardly any people on there. They're wearing face masks. It looked like a zombie apocalypse. Yep, yep. You know, it was just like this fucking out of a movie, dude. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like wary of each other, looking around at each other, like, you're going to get me sick, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I got into Munich. I took my first flight into Athens, Greece. And then from there, I was supposed to fly into Singapore. Yeah. But then I, I go in to check in at the counter and they tell me, well, you came from Germany. You're not allowed to fly into Singapore. They oh, just banned no. anybody from Germany yesterday. So I'm like, fuck, man. So I had to rebook a ticket with Turkish Airlines where I would fly into somewhere else. Yeah. And um, I had to make, I made these fake receipts okay. that I'd been in Greece the whole time. <laughs> so I made like these fake uh, ski tickets. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And then fake receipts. And it was like, okay, I could show them this, you know? So yeah. I got up to the counter. I had to wait in there for 12 hours, dude. And then I get to the counter and this lady just did not want me to go. You know, she's yeah. like, dude, she's trying to find every, cause there's all types of new rules coming out constantly, right? Mm-hmm. Where you can go, where you can go. So she's holding me up there forever, man. And then I finally got on that plane, finally got out of there. And I felt like I wasn't going to make it. Yeah. You know, it's like you're running from a storm the whole time. Dude. Yeah. Like yeah, the yeah. tornado's behind you and you're in a car just zooming away like yeah, fuck. Yeah. And every turn you make is like coming around the other corner. So once I made it in and I got my feet outside of there and like checked in through um, customs and everything. Okay. I was like, I couldn't believe it before I went through customs that I'm in there. Yeah. And once you get in, you're just like, freedom, dude. I'm here. You know? Yeah. So made it to Indonesia and um, actually it was pretty stupid over there as well. But okay. I went to a small town in Indonesia, small little surf town, and they ended up closing down all the surfing around, oh, wow. man. In Uluwatu, which is a popular surf area in Canggu, they, okay. they closed it all down, so nobody's allowed to surf. But the small town that I went to, because I already was thinking, like, all right, get out. Get yep. out of the city, dude. Mm-hmm. Get out of the city. Get to a beach, remote beach. Yeah. Straight. So I got out there, and... Nobody was allowed to come into the town after I got in. Another week went by, yeah. and, and they closed it down. So nobody's allowed in. Nobody's allowed out. So it was just like a few of us, like tourists, in there. Yeah. And then a few like local tourists. Yeah. And uh, some of the locals, and we got to surf there for three months, not be locked down, no wearing face masks, no doing none of that shit, man. Yeah. None of it, man. We were just in our own little world over there. Yeah. And. Fuck man, that's that's how it ended up being in Indonesia after that too. I just I went to another island and you know, we never wore face masks. We fucking yeah, hung no. out, we went to restaurants all the time, we we chilled yeah. and never got touched by any of it, you know. And that that's why I went to Indonesia, man, because I knew that it would be more freedom. Yeah. I'd be able to fish if I need to fish, if I need food. Yeah, just get I your can own jump in the water yep. and get some food. Right? Now, um with being in Indonesia, like, how do you, like, make money? Do you work, like, side jobs, like, out there? Or uh, you, you, it almost seems like you're a big hustler out there because, you know, you've got to try to make... I wish I was a big hustler, man. Yeah, I don't know. I wish I was a big hustler. But I, I actually, you know, just drained my whole savings account, you know, all the yeah. money that I saved up. Mm-hmm. And I sold some land in Colorado. So I lasted on that money for a while. Okay. Um, And... uh. Then I, I started up a spearfishing company. Yeah. So I spent a lot of money to like start that up and oh, yeah. would rent out the guns. But uh, now I'm starting to do it more. You know? Yeah. Okay. Years ago, it wasn't really taken off. Yeah. And now I, I manage a surf resort. 
in, okay. on a small island out there. Yeah. So I got a job managing a cool, really nice surf resort on a beautiful island. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't make much money, but, you know, it, it just, simple life. It, it, if you're happy, that's all that matters, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. you, you, you do what you love. And um, in a lot of people like me, you know, I do stuff that I don't love, like to make money and it sucks. Like I, I talked about this in my last episode of the podcast. You have these like fucking little kids making millions of dollars off of, uh, YouTube and and just like a bunch of these stupid like video games. And how can they be rewarded with so much money? Yeah. Something that is not contributing to a society whatsoever. No, they're, they're fucking playing a game. But that's how brainwashed people are, is that they'll mm-hmm. watch. You know, I see kids watching other kids playing these video games. And it's mm-hmm. like, what the? F- Go outside, dude. Yeah, Go really. Go play, man. Yeah. It's a, weird, it's a weird world we live in that is just... It's all greed. It's backwards, man. Everything's it, backwards. Dude. Yep. It's all... It's all... Let's make money the easiest way yep. and get, you know, and... So if I had to, like, give one life advice through this episode is don't open up a credit card don't yeah, don't yeah. don't don't get loans don't get just oh. work hard for your money yeah. spend it wisely and whatnot so i mean Dude, it's 100 man yeah so you definitely have to stay out of debt yeah don't don't go into debt in the first place man yeah because if, if you don't feel like college is right for you don't go to college no don't go don't, to college. don't go to college looking for a freaking liberal arts degree yeah yep. and waste four years of money and four years of your time go out there if get yourself an idea and make your idea work you know yeah that's and what it, i would say i i before i was i always thought that like taking a by year off of uh high school and going into your first year of college i thought that was the most stupidest idea now i don't anymore i think that you should take time off of school after high school and just be like hey you know maybe i like this maybe i don't you know kind of get live life a little bit because you were brought up in a society where you were told from the age of kindergarten all yep. the way up to 12th or like 12th grade that, you know, you have to live life this way. You have to do life. You know, they teach you stuff. I don't know how to explain it, but it's just, yep. it. they teach you stuff to learn, but you don't use half of it and they brainwash you to go to college and be like, mm-hmm. well, cause if you don't go to college, you're going to be a piece of shit their whole life. Yeah. It's a it's, business. It's, it's a business, not, bro. And it, school I, is a business. Yeah. It, and, um, I, you know, I think I do all right with living, you know, I bought a place, you know, I have, uh, you know, I pay lot fee, you know, which sucks, but I mean, um, in, now we're looking at a house, right? We're looking to buy a house. It's fucking impossible because the house market in the state of New York is ridiculous. Yeah, I heard it. It blew is, up tremendously. It huh? is the most ridiculous thing. We've we we took a look at this house down the road, and uh, they wanted a ridiculous amount of money, and it was a piece of shit. Like mm. it needed so much work, and that closed for. Over, I think, $50,000 of what they were asking for. Because oh God, it was man. people buy these houses yeah. and turn them into Airbnbs. And there is no... And then you have the whole uh, farming to New York. It's just all these houses that look the same. 
mm-hmm. they're building cookie cutter houses, co- cookie right. cutter houses. Yeah. They want a ridiculous amount of money for those. They want five, half oh. a million dollars for one of these houses. They're not going to sell. They're just going to go. People are going to buy them and turn them into Airbnbs. It, it's just it's ridiculous now. Well, I remember I was talking with Eric Lysley yesterday, man, and mm-hmm. I was just reminiscing like when we were kids. You would see houses for like 150000 bucks, and that was like the price range that we would think a good house was. You mm-hmm. know, like a nice house mm-hmm. would be a little bit over 100000 bucks. Yeah. And that was like what we thought our future would be. You know, mm-hmm. like we can buy a house. That's, it's a pretty normal price. Mm-hmm. And now it's half a million bucks. Man. Half a million bucks. When you're for... a kid, you're looking. I mean, not even a kid, you know, when we're 18, 19, 20, mm-hmm. a million bucks was that was huge. Huge. Yeah. Half a million bucks was fucking huge. Yep. You wouldn't dream of a, a house half a million bucks. You know, mm-hmm. like, wow, that's expensive. That's a baller luxury house. Mm-hmm. Now a half a million dollar house isn't anything special. Maybe it's got three bedrooms. Maybe. Yeah. You know, it's got a little bit of property. Maybe. Yeah. It's, uh, they've inflated the market, dude. Mm-hmm. And if you want to know, I'll tell you why. What's that? <laughs> I got another one for you here. All right. BlackRock. In State Street, they're two huge um, hedge fund companies. Okay, they 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 own all the big corporations. Mm-hmm. They have a majority share, in. Yeah. so they they control over a majority of the big corporations that you would talk about, like whether it's Nestle or whatever, yep. right? Mm-hmm. But they're buying up the houses. Yeah. They're buying up a huge amount of houses around different cities, and their idea is the whole principle of you know the fourth revolution here is. You will own nothing and you will like it. So you will rent everything. Yeah. So they they want to abolish private property mm-hmm. and they have to drive up the market so high that it's impossible for you to own don't, a house and to own a property. And instead, they are buying up the houses and they're buying it up at hyperinflated rates because they can. They're they're their GDP is in the trillions. Yeah. They're trillions, more than countries. Mm-hmm. These these two companies. So they can spend a ridiculous amount of money buying up all the uh, houses, mm-hmm. and then they'll rent it back to you. Yeah, they'll rent it back. Yeah. So that's that's where the 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 value has gone up so much, so yeah. much, so much. There's a yeah. purpose to it, and it's a purpose is to abolish private property and to make this world that you have to rent everything you live in. And yeah. that's, that's the communism I'm talking about, man. It's a yeah. corporate communism that's coming down yeah. the pipeline. Yeah. The companies, the the big corporations, will own everything. Uh-huh. And you will rent from them, and the government will be the buffer zone in between the two. Yeah, and it's like the interests and stuff like that too. Like they, you know, each year my lot fee goes up. Like yeah. it goes from I think it like raises every year like twenty dollars. It's like some stupid like that. Yeah, and uh, it's just it just constantly raises. And you, like you said, like it's just they want you to never own land they want you to never loan own a house they want you to pay the interest rate until you're you're dead yeah so that's what they want brother yeah that's why you got to move out to indonesia bro yeah you know (laughs) take my dogs you know and uh they'll be uh now they do they have a lot of street dogs there a lot of street dogs yeah yeah, your dogs would get ripped apart. Yeah, there. probably. They, <laughs> my dogs are, you know, they're pretty soft. Man. Yeah, they're pretty soft. They have the, the we spoil them to death though. I mean, yeah, we, we I, I, they're there are fur babies, and you know, I, I, I always, um, my parents 
never really had any pets. No, I remember they Well, they had a dog. They had a dog. But that was because my, you know, it was, my mom was getting sick and needed a, like a companion to, for the day. So um, Yeah, because she never had a dog when we were growing up. Uh, yeah, no, no after, yeah, after. it was like, I think it was my senior year in high school, we had a, a dog, we got a dog, and it was to, you know, spend time with my mom, and, yeah. you know, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that dog uh, was a, a blessing, you know, it was, uh, and I, and I learned from that, and I, I, you know, I, I decided to get a dog, and it was around Corona time, and we, uh, we got a dog, and uh I, I think I'm not a big religious person. I'm not a big, uh, you know, there's a higher power, you know, and stuff like that. But I think that there is something out there that brought these dogs to me. And, you know, and I, I love them. Huh? I love them. Yeah. I, 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 they have so much energy when I get home. They happy to see you. They love to sleep on my lap. They, yeah. they, you know, it's just one of those things where, you, um, they're just companions. Yeah. They are. Oh, uh, now, funny thing about dogs, you you have cats, right? You have yeah, dude. You have two cats. Yeah, two cats, bro. That um, they're trained, right? I mean, they're trained pretty well, dude. We traveled all around Indonesia, so they jump on the bike with me on the scooter. Do they know? Com- do the cats know commands? Yeah, they they come to me. Yeah, uh, Singa used to. I haven't done it in a while, but he can sit. You know, if mm-hmm. I tell him to sit. Mm-hmm. But you know, if I just go. Mm-hmm. They, they come and they follow me. If I go out, um, you know, wherever I go, they follow me along. So we'll mm-hmm. go out. I've done camping a lot with them. Okay. So we'll go walk trails and stuff, and they'll follow me on the trails. We'll, That's go to crazy. The beach. When I went surfing, when I'd go surfing, they would follow me out to the beach to okay. surf. And then they just chill on the beach the whole time I'm surfing. I come back and they come back with me. Yeah. So they are like dogs in that way. Yeah, they're, that's they're the coolest cats, bro. Yeah, coolest like cats. so. I my parents had a cat and like it was the nastiest thing we ever. We it was the most nastiest cat ever. It would hiss at you if you walked by. Like it was just uh, not a nice cat. What was or, his name? Pity. Pity, that's it. Well, you gave it the name Pity. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember one time uh, I was, my friend was picking me up or something like that. And I, you know, I had pet the cat and the cat swooped up and got me right in the eyelid <gasps> and pulled my eyelid. And so. Like hooked underneath hooked, the eyelid. No, it was like above, like it oh. hooked right underneath my eyelid. And it was just like it, that thing was a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> Like um, and so I, I remember Ricky was always mean. To that oh guy, yeah, dude. Ricky. Well, Ricky was always mean to yeah, everyone. So, but, <laughs> he's cool. But um, but uh, yeah, I know. So uh, I always I wanted to get your opinion about like if you could tell someone today what to do for with their lives, what kind of advice would you give them? Yeah, I would say. Dude, come up with an idea, come up with a dream and chase it down. Don't let people tell you no. Don't mm-hmm. let people tell you you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Go, achieve it, you know. Yeah. If you got a dream and you got an idea, you push the way towards your idea every day. Yeah. You know, I I think uh look, you don't you don't build a brick wall in one day, right? Mm-hmm. But if you put a brick there every single day, mm-hmm. you're going to wake up one day and see that you have a brick wall, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you, if you got an idea, if you got a dream, do something little every single day to push yourself in the direction of that dream, mm-hmm. and and don't give up and make it happen. You know? Yeah, because it can happen. It does happen. Mm-hmm. 
but it won't happen if you don't do nothing for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to put in effort. You can't be lazy. Sometimes I think to myself, if I find myself a little bit lazy sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to do something, I tell myself, don't be lazy. Don't Simple be lazy, as that. Yeah. Don't be lazy. Because yeah. if not now, when? Yeah. You know, if I don't do this now, when am I going to do it? If I do it now, it's done. Yeah. So, you know, I always remind myself if I feel that laziness coming on, like, get up, do it. Yeah. Accomplish yeah. it. Nice. And keep chasing, man. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to end it there. Uh, I think because we're at an hour and a half. All right. It's, it's Damn, it was good. Passes by, huh? Yeah. It, it, you know, I, when I do these podcasts, like I have fun. And then when I look up the time, I'm like, holy crap, we've been doing this <laughs> for like an hour and a half. But uh, uh, yeah. So I want to thank you for being on my podcast. Yeah, um, uh, Much well, love, man. Yeah. I, we, we, you messaged me all the time. You're like, oh, no, I'm going to be on the podcast. Like, you know, and uh, I, it was kind of hard because I, 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 I know like, equipment like uh technology and stuff like that but some of them i don't that's why i bought like the most easiest stuff to use yeah. because i don't know how to you know like you know i i don't know how to explain it and but. my computer's pretty shit back yeah. in indo yeah and shit connection you know yeah so, so. It's better we finally got to meet up in person yep. and do this so yeah person so. bro yeah yes sir yeah so yeah. uh that was the Bogart podcast uh, this week. Uh, follow Ahmet on uh, social media. Uh, do, you, do you know him? or At Ahmet Didali. Okay. And if you're looking for a vacation in Indonesia, out in Similu, uh-huh. check out uh, Dylan's, Dylan's Retreat Similu. Okay. So check out my name on there and... Yeah, you know, hit me up with a DM if you're looking for a vacation. I'll get you out there doing some spear fishing, doing some surfing, hang out on some beaches, see some islands, all that good stuff. That's good. Yeah. That's good to hear. Thanks again, my friend, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Yes, sir, brother. You. This has been a Beer Pirate Radio production.